friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. And welcome back to another episode of Cricket Stitch Chings. My name is Lauren Keplinger, and I'm excited to be back here with you for another episode of the podcast. Today on this episode, we are going to be talking about three of the main fears or hesitations or procrastination techniques or whatever you want to call them that I often see when people are getting started in business or they're kind of in the process of like I'm thinking about starting a business I'm I'm opening my shop I'm in the process of researching kind of in that phase of business Um, and then I also see it when they hit a point where they have a business they have an idea maybe they've even gotten started um, and have a few products up there but they're kind of looking at growing to the next step or the next phase of where they want to go in their business so I think that all along the process of having a business, there are always these moments or, or I don't need, they're not like moments, like one moment in time, but sort of these phases or seasons of having a business where you're looking at where do I go from here? Where do I grow from here? Or am I happy with where I'm at right now? Or do I need to change something? I also think as entrepreneurs and as creatives, a lot of times we get kind of constantly in that in that headspace of like there's always, you know, the next step or the next phase or, you know, what is the next thing that I'm going to be doing. So today we're going to be talking about the three things that people say to me most often where they feel hung up or stuck or like this idea or this fear holds them back. The first one that we're going to kick off with is that no one will like my stuff. We all have a fear in spite of what people in our real life tell us about how amazing our products are or maybe you actually have people in your real life who don't tell you that your products are so amazing or they kind of like downplay how great they think it is. Sometimes we have people on both sides, like you'll have, you know, the really supportive people in your life who are like, oh my gosh, this is so great. You should totally sell it. And then you'll have other people that are like, it's so overpriced. I can't believe you're selling things. Who do you think you are? Um, But regardless of where the people in your real life stand um, and what they tell you about your products or about you starting a business, we always know in the back of our minds that When you put things out there to a broader audience, when you put yourself out there to strangers, it feels totally different and it is totally different. There are always going to be people who are doing things better than I am online, who have been making their products longer than I have or that have a more successful business or that you look at what they're doing and you say, 
why would I even bother? Because they're already doing a really good job and nobody needs my perspective or nobody needs my product because there's already somebody on the internet, probably more than one somebody that is doing what I want to do and they're already doing a good job with it. So there's not a place for me. Nobody's going to want to buy my stuff. Nobody's going to find me particularly interesting or, you know, want to follow me or want to buy my products in general. I will tell you that there are aspects of all of the things that we think about ourselves and our products and the other people in our space that are really successful and all of those things that are somewhat true. Obviously, our family members love us and they're going to tell us that our stuff is amazing because they love us. And obviously, there are going to be people who have been doing it longer than you and maybe even do it better than you do right now. But that doesn't mean that there's not a place for you and your product and your business and what you're putting out into the world, even though those things can be true as well. What people want to buy online is actually quite different than what they buy in person. I've had students that have told me that Their online market, their Etsy shop, and if they have a website or whatever, is completely different. Like what sells well in their Etsy shop is completely different than what they bring to in-person shows or what they sell wholesale to stores where people are buying in person. And there are obviously people who have been making products in your category or a similar type of product that you make that are doing it better than you're doing it right now, or they've been doing it longer. But ultimately, not one of those things is a make or break for your business. Regardless of what you make, I hardly ever come across a product that literally no one likes. That is the beauty of the internet. You know the saying, you could sell ice to an Eskimo? Well, the beauty of e-commerce is that you don't need to focus on selling ice to an Eskimo. The internet lets you reach people far outside of your geographic area to actually be able to sell a product to the people who want and needs it. Whether your family thinks you're making the best stuff or the worst stuff, and whether they're the most supportive or the least supportive, And whether you have competitors in your field, which we all do, it doesn't mean that you are or are not going to be successful online. Actually, none of those things are really connected to each other, whether there's competitors or you have supportive family or whatever. What it means, and this is true for everyone, regardless of how long you have been making the things that you're making and how much experience you have in your field or your niche, is that your business and your products are probably going to evolve and change over the years. And that the products that you start with in your shop may not be the products that you ultimately decide you're going to sell as your main focus or that are going to be the big sellers in your shop and where you wanna focus your energy and grow in the future. But, and I really want you to hear me when I say this, you can't ever get to the part of evolving and changing if you don't get started. You can't evolve and grow and pivot in a vacuum with no feedback from everybody without ever putting yourself out there to hear what customers say, what they wanna buy from you, where they want you to focus, what kind of products they want you to move forward with, and what your customers are actually asking of you and where you can improve. 
There is no way it is impossible to analyze things to perfection prior to getting started. You cannot even really analyze things to perfection once you do start, but you definitely can't do it prior to starting and prior to getting feedback, including negative feedback, and hearing from your customers about their constructive criticism that they have to offer you about ways that you could improve and also the positive reinforcement about what they love about your products. I got some feedback really early on. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it was probably within the first like six months or so, someone left me like a three-star review. Now you will hear differing opinions about whether or not you should reach out to people who don't leave five stars. I do find it helpful to get feedback from people. If you left three stars, there was obviously something about it that did not thrill you. So what was that? If you don't leave any kind of comment or anything, how am I supposed to know where I could improve? And now I will caveat this by saying that it there is definitely a learning curve in running a business where you're open and receptive to constructive criticism versus being defensive. And it, it does take a little while to get there. Um, but for whatever reason, <laughs> with this particular customer, I was pretty open to receiving feedback. I reached out to him. Hey, what's what was, you know, how can I improve the product? I really want to have a five-star experience. So um, I would love it if you would help me to know where I could improve. And she gave me some feedback about the quality of fabric that I was using, which was this, these were applique products. And the patterned fabric that I was using was like from Joann's or Michael's or something like that. And she said, you know, I bought a lot of applique products in the past and um, this fabric feels really thin and not very good quality. And I was like, okay, I can work with that. And so, you know, not just based on that, but actually she was teaching me about ways to improve my products because I didn't realize as somebody who is fairly new to this market, I have not been a sewer for a long period of time. This was not something that like evolved as a hobby for me. So I was kind of ignorant of the difference in different you know, quality options and stuff. So based on that feedback, I was able to get deeper into the fabric market and realize that there were like designer fabrics and then there were like Joanne fabrics and they are not the same quality. So she was right. (laughs) And from then I, you know, maybe not immediately, but over time evolved towards those higher end products and those higher end fabrics And then I never got that feedback again. So that was super helpful for me. It actually opened up a whole new world of like wholesale fabrics and stuff that I didn't even know existed. Being able to be receptive to that feedback was really beneficial to my business. And I'm thankful that she left that review because it allowed me to learn from it. The long and short of point number one is that not everybody is going to like your stuff. That's okay. Not everyone needs to like your products and you are not or should not be trying to appeal to everyone. So starting to mentally let go of that people-pleasing side of yourself, because while I totally understand that from a business perspective and I do want to make people happy in my business, I also know that it's impossible to make everyone happy. You're not going to be able to do it. If you have not had an unhappy customer yet, you just have not had enough sales to have one. It's not a matter of being perfect. It's a matter of doing the best that you can recognizing when you don't do it perfectly, 
and also recognizing that you're not going to be able to do it perfectly now, a week from now, a year from now, ever, but that the first step is getting started, getting enough eyes on your product and talking to enough customers to hear from people what they like, what they don't like, and the ways that you can improve. The next thing that I hear from people that I find really interesting, (laughs) and I think that part of this is because in this podcast and in this um, coaching side of my business, I tend to attract a lot of people who are in a similar stage of life than as I am or as I was when I started. Um, so I tend to attract people who don't necessarily want to like grow an empire. Um, they're not trying to be like a CEO of a fortune 500 company. (laughs) They're mostly bringing in, you know, income for their family while they're balancing it with other stuff, usually kids, retirement, supplemental income, whatever they're doing, whatever that looks like. Um, so this fear is more centered around being overwhelmed, I think. So what I hear from people is I'm worried that everyone will like my stuff, (laughs) although they don't usually word it that way. Usually they word it as I'm, I'm worried that it will grow to be too big, or I'm worried that I won't be able to manage it all, or I'm selling X, Y, and Z, but I only want to make, you know, X number of dollars per month, or I only want to work X number of hours per month. Um, or week or whatever. So they'll have like these parameters of like, I only want to do this much for my business. And so that's kind of the flip side of the coin, especially for newer sellers. So they're worried that everybody's going to like their stuff or that the number of sales that they'll end up getting will be overwhelming to them. They'll be inundated with orders and they will feel like they've created a monster that they can't keep up with. I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten over the years where people will say something to the effect of, I opened my Etsy shop on, you know, January of 2023, but I only want to get 500 orders a year. Um, So whether that, or I only want to get, I only want to make $10,000 a year. So they'll have these like limits of where they want to go with it. And while I don't know that I've ever had this internal struggle myself, because my goal was always to grow the business and continue to grow and increase and see increases in revenue and sales and all of that stuff, I have gotten to the point at various times in both the coaching side of my business and the product side of the business where the money that was coming in or the sales that were coming in was not worth the time that I was putting out and the emotional energy that I was investing in it. So while I have never, maybe I should have (laughs) um, thought I need to really limit this, I have had times where it has gotten really, really overwhelming. I hit a peak of overwhelm in my Etsy shop. At one point, I had like $25,000 plus in a month of sales. And I was like, I don't really actually even care what $25,000 a month in sales can buy me. I'm dying. (laughs) Like, I am miserable. And so it wasn't worth it, you know, at that point. That's not the goal of of where you're trying to go with your business. So then I had to go back to the drawing board and figure out where is the disconnect? Where is the breakdown where this is like a nightmare (laughs) and I am miserable doing this because it's not feasible for me to be able to keep up with this amount of orders and the customer service, and then I'm dropping the ball, and then I'm having unhappy customers, and 
Um, it's just like completely running my life and draining my energy. I can tell you that after doing this for over 10 years, that the problem of having too many orders is a much easier problem to deal with and also a lot less likely to happen than starting with slow sales. Not that many people come in and just like explode and life is, you know, totally overwhelming because they have so many orders that they're drowning. If the most common problem that people had was that their business was too successful and they were getting too many sales, I would not be having this podcast. Now, yes, you do hear of those stories, and I've shared plenty of stories of students who have had a lot of success in a very short amount of time, but those stories don't just happen out of nowhere. They didn't just put a listing up and all of a sudden, you know, they had $20,000 in sales. Most of the time, students are working to build up their sales. They want more sales. They want to go full-time. They want to grow. They want to quit their full-time job. So they're not just having tens of thousands of dollars in sales that they don't want. They are, that is their goal. Ultimately, this is a pretty easy problem to solve, especially if you've been strategic about the growth of your business over time. I can easily manage six-figure sales in my shop working one day a week, maybe two days a week on a busier week, and it's not unmanageable to me at this point. And I don't want more sales in my shop than that. I've talked about that in earlier podcasts um, over the last few weeks. So I don't do the things that I might do if I was trying to grow my sales beyond where I am right now or beyond where I can manage it in two days a week. Here's what I like to remind people. Saying that you're scared to get started because you're scared you're going to be overwhelmed by orders is like saying you don't want to start a couch to 5K program because you're worried that all of your weekends are going to be consumed by running 50Ks. There are a thousand jump off points between going for a 20 minute walk for exercise and spending your weekends running 50Ks. And if at any point between those two things, you decide that you've had enough and you don't want to run 50Ks anymore, then you pull back and you do something different. But you don't just wake up one day and run a 50K and then decide that all of your weekends are going to be consumed by running 50Ks. That's the same thing with business. Very, very rarely, unless something goes viral, in which case usually then it really like spikes and then dies off. But very, very rarely do you go from hardly any sales to so overwhelmed with orders that you can't keep up and you're completely drowning and you're totally stressed. There are a lot of jump off points along the way where you feel where if you feel like you're having too many orders or you feel like you don't have enough time or the capacity to take on as many orders as you've gotten or as you continue to get, you can slow things down. Much like the first fear that we talked about a minute ago, you're not going to get this one perfectly right straight out of the gate. Maybe you do get overwhelmed at times. Maybe you have to hit pause and go on vacation mode like I did this January. Maybe you reach a point where you have too many orders and you need to revamp what you're offering in your shop to make it more streamlined and less time consuming. Maybe you eliminate products or you add products or you raise your prices or you extend your shipping or whatever you do. There are a lot of different ways to slow it down. If you hit this point, which is a great problem to have, but can be legitimately overwhelming, it doesn't mean that you have to stay in that overwhelm. There's always a next move that you can make to change things and to revamp things to bring you to a point that you're comfortable and that it works with your life. Which leads us to our next point. Fear number three, I actually have no idea what I'm doing and all the pieces of running a business are completely overwhelming. 
This is what people tell me. I also felt this when I was first getting started. This is something that is really common, especially for people who have never owned a business before. They kind of stumbled into owning a business with their Etsy shop, and then they have started making consistent sales, and they feel like they're faking it. Like they've stumbled onto this, but someday somebody is going to figure out that they don't actually know what they're doing, and it's like a pretend business, and you're really just an imposter. And honestly, there's a certain amount of truth to that. Not that you're an imposter, but that none of us really know what we're doing. You're not going to know every single thing that you should have done correctly right from the get-go. That would be true even if you've had a business before or even if you had gone to school to get your MBA. I actually have a friend in the online space that has an online business that has her MBA. And she has pivoted and changed her online business several times. It's just not possible to know how to make every single thing in your business perfect from the start. And what looks perfect from the start is going to be different a year later, two years later, five years later, you know, 10 years later for me. What I needed from my business when my kids were toddlers is different than what I'm able to take on now that all of my kids are school age or in daycare. You're not going to be able to overanalyze to perfection from the sidelines, which is what I see a lot of people wanting to do. But there are things that you can do to make it easier to start off for you. Like to take advice from people who have been there. When I started my Etsy shop in 2012, there was nowhere to get advice like there is today. I, I had one friend in person who had an Etsy shop, so she kind of like gave me a little bit of advice. But there was nothing like there is now. Things like this podcast or blogs or anything like that, nobody was talking about it. The fact that you can come onto this podcast and have over 130 episodes to listen to where I'm talking about my own 10 years of experience and other guests are talking about their experience from different niches, different products, um, different longevity of the shop. You know, like I try to bring in guests that have started more recently than I did is an invaluable resource for you. And I'm not just saying that to toot my own horn. There are other pop, other podcasts, other people that are doing this as well, other places to get information. I am certainly not the only one, but there are so many people who stumble around for so long not wanting to listen to any advice or they are trying to piece random things together from people that have different strategies or different ways of going about things. And so they're getting really conflicting information. They don't ever want to pay for a program so that they can actually get advice and one-on-one help and strategy from somebody that has like a strategic plan to move them forward. And I think it's a shame because the information is there for you to bypass the years literal years that it took me to figure some of this stuff out. You don't have to stumble around in the dark starting your business, but you're also not going to be able to have everything perfect from the get-go. So you have to be willing to get started and to learn and to grow from what you've learned about where you want to go and then to keep on keeping on growing and learning and changing and growing and learning. The faster that you can get past that perfectionism and overanalyzing before getting started or perfection and overanalyzing if you feel like things aren't working or you need to make a change or if you say, I have worked really hard in this shop and it's not working, it's not selling, where do you go from there? 
you, you, you have to change. You have to change directions. You have to be open to feedback. You have to be willing to change what you're doing. You can't just stubbornly move forward with something that's not working for you, whether that is, you know, having too many orders and that's not working for your lifestyle or you've put products out there that are not selling and you need to revamp and go back to the drawing board to create a different product that has a different appeal or whatever. The faster that you can to be, be willing to do that, to be willing to change and get started and put things out there and learn what is working or not working and then revamp and change based on what you know, the quicker it is going to be for you to build a, a business that works for you, that sells things regularly, that can grow and contribute that meaningful income for your family. I hope this episode has given you some things to think about and ponder as you move forward in your business, as we're kicking off, you know, the end of January, which I'm late to the party of kicking off the new year because my new year has been really up and down, but I feel like I'm finally into a groove where I can say, okay, I'm excited about what's coming for the year. I'm excited about where this business is going to go and the changes that I can make even after 10 years in business to continue to move forward and not feel like my shop is stagnant and not feel like my products are stagnant or even just that I am stagnant as the business owner. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you next week. I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Bye.